Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, December edition of our podcast from Emerald Downs. Go with me along with Vince Brune talking thoroughbred racing in Washington. And uh, we'll have another podcast before Christmas to end 2021 as we look forward very much so to next year at Emerald Downs. And Vince, uh, good afternoon. Uh, track President Bill's, Phil Ziegler is going to join us on the podcast a little bit later. And here we are in, in December of the year. Good afternoon. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I enjoyed it. I know you did, Joe. And now it's on to Christmas, as you mentioned, New Year's. And then, of course, after first year, we start thinking about the next year always here at Emerald Downs. We'll be talking a lot about that. Yeah, we just had our 25th birthday this past June 20th. So lots of history at Emerald Downs. And uh, we... Uh, do take pride in our record keeping here, which is another topic, but I guess that creeps into some of the stuff we're talking about right now because we ended our live meeting last September, of course, with uh, some outstanding performances and winners, and we've kind of kept track with the various trainers and owners and so forth. Uh, what's going on with some champion Washington breads? Uh, Vince, you want to start off the talk there? We will, and right Actually, off, champion Emerald Downs horses for 2021 is what we're getting at. Right, okay, yeah, and uh, we'll be having the Washington bred champs coming up usually in, I think, banquet usually in February. Uh, right. Anyway, yeah, right off the top, just last weekend, uh, Blazing Bella Blue, our top three-year-old filly here last summer. Boy, is she enjoying a productive off-season. Uh, she won the City of Phoenix. Uh, we Joe and I watched that race, and kind of overcame a wide trip and won pretty convincingly. So if she, you missed it and you didn't see it, you can go online and watch it, but we'll have the audio provided for you right now. The city of Phoenix from turf paradise. 
It's still Dan Shoes at the head of affairs, about to be joined by Blazing Bella Blue on the outside. Shanghai Keeley between horses. My first pearl sticking to the inside. Clock strikes 12. It's going to have to come around the houses together with Bold Ray. Homeward bound a furlong and a half to go. Dan Shoes on the far side. Now joined in the centre of the track. An absolutely streaking home. Blazing Bella Blue. Blazing Bella Blue inside the final furlong. Dan Shoes in second place. Further away. Clock strikes 12. Getting going. But Blazing Bella Blue. Alex Cruz, two wins on the day. They take the city of Phoenix Stakes. And before that, of course, uh, Blazing Bella Blue won the Cody Stakes down at uh, Turf Paradise. So Charles Essex, Petra Lewin, the whole team behind Blazing Bella Blue, congratulations. on Alex what, Cruz. Alex Cruz, the yeah. rider, continues to just be an outstanding uh, season for that uh, three-year-old filly. A few others of she, note. Let's make note that she is the number one Washington bread earner right now oh, that's, as well for that's 2021. That's correct. Yeah. What is it? Uh, 145,000. Very good total there. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple others, huge bigly and Harvard memories, both over a hundred as well. Yeah. It's a good season. Really good season. And then uh, top executive, our horse of the meeting uh, last year, swept uh, the Auburn, the Irish day, and then a nice one in the muckle shoot derby. So he won short and long. He, as Blaine Wright mentioned uh, earlier in the fall, is being turned out with an eye toward uh, a campaign here against older horses. Of course, uh, anchored by the Long Acres Mile, hopefully, uh, an appearance in that next summer. So, Joe, you were in contact with Blaine. It sounds like he might want run once down at uh, Golden Gate in Northern California uh, before shipping up, which certainly that'll be a, a great uh, horse to have back. Uh, Daffodil Sweet, our champion older uh, Philly Ramirez run a couple times down in the Bay Area. Good second in an allowance race. Her first out despite missing the break. And then she was kind of hooked the entire way last time, last weekend, and finished fourth. So certainly uh, no disgrace there for uh, Jody Pizza's uh, fine four-year-old Philly. And then Papa's Golden Boy, uh, our top older horse, had a chance to watch him down at uh, Del Mar the day after the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. He missed the break in that race and ran a pretty good fourth, actually, all things considered, that day. Then came back and opened up in the Oakland at Golden Gate last week, but then tired a bit and finished sixth, only beating, I think, about three lengths in that race. So certainly our, our champions from Emerald Downs have acquitted themselves pretty well. And you've got some more on your list, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Papa's Golden Boy. Um just those two sensational sprint wins at Emerald Down, sprint stakes wins this past season, and of course a huge fourth in the Long Acres Mile as well on that fast pace. So uh, he's certainly, he's had dirt and synthetic tries in California, which, you know, you could make a little excuse for him there. Coron was our champion two-year-old filly, and that she trained by Kay Cooper, three for three at Emerald Downs last year. She's at the Pabst Farm, the Breeders, and she'll be coming up to a home stretch farm before track opens at Emerald Downs uh, the 1st of March. So Coron uh, looking to get back into training. Also talked with uh, Bryson Cooper, the husband of trainer Kay Cooper, about Bayakoa's image, who was just a sensational three-year-old filly last year as she won the Washington Cup and the Washington Oaks. Uh, she is based in Canada, as we know, but uh, she will almost undoubtedly be racing at Emerald Downs again next year as a four-year-old filly. Uh, she'll start, I believe she'll start her training up there, but uh, definitely looking forward to some races at Emerald Downs, especially 
around two turns. Cobra Jet, uh, he won uh, three out of four with a second. A couple of stakes wins for Cobra Jet for Frank Lucarelli and uh, ownership group Roy and Ellie Schaefer. And uh, is it Aaron Wellman? Aaron uh, Wellman's Eclipse Thoroughbred mm-hmm. Partners, yeah. Yeah, they bought into him and he didn't run in the Gottstein, but had a sensational year. Cobra Jet uh, has just been turned out as planned after his final Emerald Down start. And he'll be getting into training, getting ready for Emerald Downs next year. And Mike Puich reports background just had his first workout. Uh, got some time off for sure after the mile in August. Uh, he's up at Pegasus Training Center in Redmond, where Mike has been able to observe him. And he just had his first workout there this week. He'll be heading back to Oaklawn Park, where he has won each of the last two meetings at Oaklawn. And that fits nicely because Oaklawn Park, their earliest ever opening, we're recording this on December 2nd, Friday, December yeah. 3rd. And they're going to go virtually Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the whole meet, all the way through May 8th. And Joe and I really enjoy playing that track. They got big, tough, competitive fields, mm-hmm. really good racing, and tremendous crowd enthusiasm. And just reading the article today in the the racing forum, uh, the, the infield is going to be open for fans there, I guess, beginning in February. Wow. So, uh, yeah, just nothing but expansion down there, a new casino, and it's really great to see in our sport, Joe, so much enthusiasm in a place like Oakland Park. That track has just done so well the last 20 years or so uh, as they got those instant racing machines in and those didn't work in every part of the country but they worked wildly well at oaklawn and that led to uh different legislation changes for the better for horse racing in arkansas and they have a full-blown casino now there and the purses uh we just keep reading how they go up here after they got a state bred allowance race for one hundred one thousand dollars and you know, that's been owned by the Sella family going way back there, a family-owned racetrack. And they got it, like you say, Joe, they got a wonderful thing going. And anyone who, you know, uh, looking for a track to handicap, if you haven't tried Oakland, I suggest give it a look. It's, uh, you you really uh, have to be on your toes handicapping there. They got a lot of 10, 11, 12 horse fields that are extremely competitive. Of course, with that kind of purse money, yeah, you know, it's going it. to be tough, but it's fun. It's really fun to handicap there. Yeah. And uh, trainer Mike Pooch will be back there. Uh, with horses, a background owned by Bob Rondo, and of course, Dr. Mark Domenico and uh, Muddy Waters, Mike Muddy Waters, uh, former leading owner here at Emerald Downs. He'll have some horses back at Oaklawn as well, and who knows, we might see another barn or two that is recognizable from Pacific Northwest. So there's a little bit of an update on local horses in action at Emerald Downs last year and how they are faring and what their plans are for next year. Vince went over Blazing Bella Blue, who is most certainly going to be the top three-year-old filly for Washington for 2021. Now, she had a pretty good battle going with Ms. Lynn, Mm -hmm. who won the Seattle back in the spring here at Emerald Downs. And uh, Ms. Lynn actually outfinished Blazing Bella Blue twice in two-turn right. stakes, uh, nipped her at the wire twice for, my, I believe. My apologies to Ron Bowman, <laughs> the security guard here who's done uh, owned and bred Ms. Lynn. He had a lot of fun with that nice horse last year. She's an exciting horse. She She's pretty honest. She yeah. comes from pretty far out. Whereas Blazing Bella Blue is kind of more of a stalker. Uh, Ms. Lynn is kind of a one-run horse, and, and uh, she's pretty honest for a closer. She banged out like $65,000 last year. So Six out of seven on the board two wins uh seattle stakes win and 
You know, her first route was kind of a flop. I believe she ran last, yeah. but she came back with two good route sure tries did. after that. Yeah. So she's versatile, and they had a good battle going for top uh, three-year-old filly at the meet, but Blazing Bella Blue now with the more yeah. wins, more stakes wins, and, of course, Blazing Bella Blue is the leading Washington bred Yeah, runner. the overall body of work yeah. tilts it very much towards Blazing Bella Blue, but it'd be fun to see those two hook up again here in 2022. Huge Big League's number two in earnings behind Blazing Bella Blue, 138000 mm-hmm. owned by uh, Todd and Sean Hansen, and we watched him win at Churchill Downs just uh, yeah, was it last he, week. Or? He had a big maiden victory on the turf at uh, Colonial, and I think they've figured out what this horse wants to do. The longer, the better. He just got into that nice, comfortable stride going there uh, last week, and kind of just ran them off their feet. And I think, uh, was it Jose or Ortiz or one of the Ortiz rode them? It was, uh, horse. It was Jose and Ortiz. And John Ortiz, the trainer. And congratulations on that one. That is a very fine horse. And, you know, those purses back there, unfortunately, that was a $133,000 purse. But you explained it, Joe. He was only running for seventy because yep. he is not a state bred back there. But he's made 138000 now with three wins from 11 starts. Huge, bigly out of Gadget Queen, former... Uh, multiple Emerald Down Stakes winner. Harbored Memories is number three on the earnings list. He was number one for many months with that great winter at Santa Anita and into the spring. In fact, he even uh, raced, I believe he raced in the, what's that opening day turf stake at Del Mar, not the La Jolla, but uh, is it the La Jolla? Uh, the Oceanside. Oceanside. He yeah. was in a division of the Oceanside. That's his only unplaced race. Harbored Memories by Harbor the Gold. He's an entire horse. Seven starts, two wins, four seconds, all in California. Uh, just got a hold of uh, Pam Christofferson, who is part owner of Harbored Memories. And, of course, they stood the great Harbor the Gold for all those seasons in Hermiston, Oregon. And he produced, uh, wow, his wash and bread production was just off the charts. Harbor the Gold is the sire of Harbor Memories, and he's back. He's going to be back in training soon. He has not shown any works in months, yeah. but he had uh, fungus, and it's grown out, and he is ready to get back in training. So that's uh, good news. Yeah, that's really good news. Mike Pipey, the trainer down there, because we, we had had the Christoffersons on our podcast, yep. and she mentioned that he, you know, because he's nicely bred, they had thought about him as a potential price replacement for harbor the gold now you and i talked to sue van dyke the other day from the washington thoroughbred breeders association she mentioned they do i already forgot who it was but they do apparently have a couple potential replacements in line for harbor the gold Uh, and you know i did uh pam mentioned those in an email not by name however she goes our two new guys are putting on weight now we'll have it next well we'll write a note we'll get it out there next time but she didn't mention their name so i'm not sure but but uh, it's not going to be harbored memories because he's going to be back in training so that's good that'll be one to follow this winter you bet he is a he is a runner dirt or turf and we did have some successful turf horses or successful horses on the grass Washington Breads this year. He is a stone late running sprinter too. He's an exciting horse. And uh, before we take a break, we will talk a little bit about Neil Knapp, who did pass away last month in November at age 85. Uh, Just uh, been around for so long in Washington. I guess he got his training license in the 50s, 1950s. Was a big part of Long Acres and Oregon racing. And, uh, you know, a couple of his horses that 
or easily recognizable old timers vision. That horse won twice here as a mm-hmm. two year old in 2013. He won multiple races, six different seasons at Emerald Downs. That's uh, that's an iron horse. Yeah, and you know Neil was a mainly a claiming trainer. You know, and and certainly you know the word uh, clever and cagey would come to mind with Neil. But you know, he had some stakes horses. The one, of course, that comes to mind right off the top, Flag Flag de Lune, who won the inaugural Longacres Lassie Stakes in 1982 with Jody Davidson up, I think at 14 to 1. And she went on to become a grade one winner. Grade one Washington bred Flag de Lune. Also, it's tough to be good. Best 10 race start in Emerald Downs history. It's it's tough to be good. He won nine of his first 10 starts wow. at this track. Of course, stop shopping Deb, Jeb. Debbie. Stop shopping Debbie was nine for nine. But any horse that's run here 10 or more times, the best start goes to it's tough to be good at nine wins from 10 starts. He still holds two track records in distance races, and he was an all-Neil Knapp production. So yeah. Sorry Neil, to hear that about Neil. Oh, nice yeah. guy. You know, uh, we did our Comcast show for uh, many years on Saturdays, and I loved to see that Neil had multiple horses in because we'd go to his barn, and he just was so open yeah. and honest about all his horses, uh, you know, Good, bad, medium. He just said, it's, told it like it was. It's funny. I'm like in Southern California, is down there. Two of the most open guys were Bill Sparr and Mike Mitchell, who are two of the top claiming trainers. Yeah. And huh. you, you would think it would be the opposite, that's you know, right. because, you know, horse's condition is that's, you know, that's kind of important to know if you're going to be claiming or losing or whatever. But Neil, yeah. And of course, the father of the racing jockey twins, Sherry and Karen Knapp, who are both pretty darn good riders, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They could They could get around there pretty good. And just too bad. I know Neil had been in a bit of tough health here the last few years, and I understand he was in a nursing home in, was it Oregon? In Oregon, yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. R.I.P. Neil Knapp. Uh, certainly miss him. His longevity and presence in Washington racing, hard to top that. So we're going to take a time out on Horse Racing Northwest. We'll be back just in a moment with Emerald Downs track president, Phil Ziegler. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues a December podcast edition here from Emerald Downs. Go with you, Vince Brune, and our guest here in the studio is Emerald Downs track president, Phil Ziegler. Hi, Phil. Hey, this is exciting. I love the podcast. Um, what what station is this on? This is on the podcast. The podcast network. station. You know, podcasts are incredible. They've are, taken over, really. Yeah. Everybody has a podcast. You notice that? 
Like even people that have shows also have podcasts and on their show, they're talking about what they're doing on their podcast. Exactly. Right? No, they're ubiquitous mm-hmm. completely. It's you're right. They are completely taken over and we have ours, which we do weekly during the Emerald Downs meeting, but uh, uh, periodically after the meeting's over, and here we are. I know. And here you are, and we've got some uh, news for 2022 racing at Emerald Downs. The dates are official for next year, Phil. Well, yes and no. Technically oh. speaking, yes. Our dates are released, and the commission will uh, officially approve them in their uh, their January meeting. Okay. But um but they're out there and uh, they've been kind of just everybody said, yeah, that's good. But we're going to start on May 15th, circle that date. And we have this up. I believe it's on the, didn't you put it on the website? Is it up there? Yeah, we yeah. put a release out yeah. last week on the date. So this and is we available. It's pending official, but it's right. like you said, unofficially official. So you can go to the website and check this all out if you don't uh, want to copy it all down. But we start, we have 19 weekends. We start with one day on Sunday, May 15th, a big opening day. And we go through September 18th. And the big news is we're returning to our weekend schedule. So Friday nights, Saturday afternoons, and Sunday afternoons. That's our plan right now. Things are always subject to change, as we know. But for now, that's what we're looking to do. And going to Friday night racing at 7 o'clock and bringing back um, some form of Fab Friday and doing maybe $5 Fridays with some specials and beer specials and maybe giving out t-shirts again. And we hope to bring back some of the promotions that we were doing before COVID and return to a more uh, typical Emerald Downs schedule on the weekend. So that's our plan right now. And hopefully by May, we'll all be outside having a good time. I was just going to say, you know what? When we get to Drizzly December, January, and February, it's fun to think about a fabulous Friday at Emerald Downs. I know, the horseshoe toss and people having a good time and drinking beer and... It's great to look back on the pictures every now and then. I go back through my files and my iPad and look at the summer pictures from the previous meet and see all the beautiful sights and see us out in daylight at 9.30 at night on night racing when we don't really even need the light sometimes during the long daylight periods of the year. And uh, We got back to that a little bit last year in some form after just a crazy last 18 months in the planet earth um and you know once again you've been on periodically but uh just like to commend you and jack hodge and uh just for picking the right days to run because when march of 2020 hit and the the country almost completely shut down uh there wasn't too many employees at emerald downs for a while but you guys were working on whatever could be done and the handle was way above expectations for 2020 and it was pretty darn good last year as well yeah you know one day when this is all over because it's not over we know that's not over of course with recent events it's everybody you know get vaccinated get your booster shots um but you look at the hopefully when we do get past this and we can look back we should just do a podcast and talk about what happened all the behind the scenes stuff because it's really a remarkable story if you go back to march of 2020 which i really don't want to think back to (laughs) but there were some days roaming around this building there were just a couple of us here and what transpired we had horses here and just the whole story of how that transpired is a story that um we'll spend some time on the horses were. we had 500 horses here when we kind of everything shut down so it is it would be great to get some of the folks involved from the barn area and um from the racing commission and we'll do a special 
one of these days and just go through what that was like because it was really remarkable. And then running without fans. Yes. Who, who would have thought that would be something? And you look at those pictures and you kind of get used to it. We were happy just to be able to do it. People could bet at home. Um, but again, as you said, just getting kind of past it a little bit last year, which we did. We had a great summer, lots of fans out here on those Saturday nights, those Sunday afternoons. The fireworks night was just amazing. And going into next year, we're planning on all the big promotions again and bringing a few of the ones that we couldn't do last year, bringing them back as well. Good it's to know. going to be, we hope, a return to kind of normal around here in 2022. Yeah, that was a, a very tough time for horsemen, fans, track management, everybody just trying to survive through it. And like you said, it was pretty remarkable, like Joe mentioned, just pulling off the dates like you did and all that. It's, it's still kind of amazing just to think back. Yeah, and happened. you needed a lot of approvals and a, and and a lot of planning and a lot of protocols. We still see that in sports. We all pay attention to the sports that are going on now, and every day it seems like there is somebody is out with COVID protocol or yep. test positive, and the disruption to sports and how sports in general has been able to get through this all. And horse racing, no different. There were a couple of tracks that ran right through the whole thing without interruption, and it was. Probably the toughest situation was ours because we did have all the horses here. Yeah. And it wasn't like some of the tracks that were closed and just stayed closed until right. everything kind of cleared and then you opened for training. No, we had horses here in training. So you had to figure it out on the fly and, and protocols oh, to boy. keep everybody safe out there. And you had to work with the state of Washington, the racing commission, the There's, horsemen. Yeah, uh, and the yeah. commission worked with the governor's office and everybody, the great great cooperation to get through that like i said it's a it's a story that um we'll get we'll do one of these shows and get doug moore from the racing commission and ron crockett who was a big help in that whole thing and some of our horsemen who lived through it in mm -hmm. the backside taking care of those horses and keeping them in training and going through what they went through um a unique experience one that we hoped would never happen but we did it and we got through it very good. Yeah. 2020, 21 are in the books and uh, made the best of that situation. Uh, once again, at Emerald Downs and, and Thoroughbred Racing goes on. Uh, speaking of cancellation still, uh, Cal is playing USC this Saturday, a game that got postponed from earlier this year, but they're going to get it in and college yeah. football. Well, I think Husky basketball tonight is postponed. Is I it? Think I okay. Saw on Twitter earlier today. Yeah. yeah, I heard that too. There's still a lot of a lot of interruption. People ask, and I'm sure they ask you guys too, like what's it like around the track? And just even last winter, we were open for simulcasting, but we were on track level because it had to be open That's air. Right. And yeah, I just think back last year at this time, we had our our regular simulcast players who come here and watch and wager on tracks from coast to coast and. They were freezing. They were dressed yeah. in their overcoats downstairs because it had to be, quote unquote, like outside. So it had to be open air. Even if it was covered, it had to be outdoors. And um, that's how we were for the Breeders' Cup of 2020. That's right. right. That's Here right. And it was only earlier this year that we were able to get back upstairs to our clubhouse level on the fifth floor for our simulcast players. Much more comfortable. And even today, you still have to um, wear a mask and show proof of vaccination to attend simulcasting here. But our our customers, you know, I, I think the other group that we generally 
I'm not saying we forget about, but sometimes we're so caught up in the horsemen and us and our staff and everybody involved in the industry. And you realize the impact on the fans and the folks that come and wager on horse racing and the folks that either are playing at home on their uh, on their ADW accounts or coming to the track and how much we miss them during COVID and how much we rely on them and how dedicated they are to the sport too. Because even last winter, they were showing up and watching the TVs on track level in their big overcoats, standing underneath heaters because they love the game and they love to come and hang out with their buddies, have some coffee and bet on the horses. So we're happy to be able to offer that through the whole off season back in the comfort of the fifth floor Excellent. this year. Yes. Well, a little bit there about 2020, 2021, and uh, the dates announced for 2022. They'll be official undoubtedly early next year. Mm -hmm. But there's much more good news for 2022 for both horses coming into Emerald Downs from out of state and local returning horses. And uh, you guys have put together a nice incentive sheet for next year that has been released, and it's... uh, uh, getting some nice reviews, certainly from local horsemen, Phil. Yeah, so lots of racetracks have had programs where if you take a horse from out of state that's never run at a particular track, we did it here. If you never ran at Emerald Downs and shipped in, you'd get some money to help for the shipping. And other tracks have done various different bonuses for that, where you come in from out of state. But it's generally only open to a horse that's never run at the track. Well, this year we're having an incentive program that is for more money and really is inclusive of almost every non-stakes horse that's on the grounds. It's open to all claiming horses. And the only um, qualifying event would be that a horse ran in a claiming race since January 1st, 2021. Any claiming race anywhere, including here at Emerald Downs, Mm. And then they will be eligible for a bonus as soon as they run in any claiming race in 2022 here at the track before July 1st. $750 to the horse's owner, $250 to the horse's train to the trainer, and a total of a thousand dollar bonus for horses. So if you have a horse out at the farm, for those that follow the sport know that some horses take the winter off. They go to the farm and then they come back here and train up to the season. Those horses never would have received a bonus. They will now get the bonus. And same thing for horses shipping in. If a horse from Emerald Downs goes down to Turf Paradise, runs the meet there, and then comes back to Emerald Downs, in the past, that horse would not have been eligible for the bonus. Now is eligible for the bonus. That's great. So we're giving this up to 500 horses, and we hope to give 500 bonuses out because that will be a great success and a great incentive for some of these horses that shipped out to come back because it kind of pays for pretty much the cost of the shipping. And for the trainers, it kind of covers their approximate L&I costs. We're also doing some other incentives where the hot walkers, which is an expense that trainers normally have, will be taken care of by the track. That is great. And the initial bedding for the stalls will be provided for horses here before opening day. Another good thing. Yeah. And then if a race has eight or more starters, it sounds kind of small, but it isn't because normally if you run sixth or worse in a race, you get 200 bucks. It's kind of the guarantee for a horse to get some money if they're in a race. So if a race has eight or more starters, we're increasing that to 300. And that kind of adds up over the long haul as well. So there's a lot of little things. We also in the past have done other things with the horsemen back here. 
um, like free cable in the dorm rooms, things that other racetracks don't really offer. We have some great discounts with local hotels for trainers that have to stay in town. So we're making it so that hopefully Emerald Downs is a, a choice place to come for a lot of horsemen in 2022 because we did have a number of trainers retire this past year that we're going to miss and we need to get a few mm -hmm. more in town. Well, now in addition to that, um, we announced the final week of the 2021 season that in 2022, all overnight purses will be up. Yes, another 10%. 10%. That's the second in year in a row. Second year in a row. So that's in, over the last couple of years, and we're talking, what, 20%? 20% pretty much in all categories. Good, nice math there, Vince. You got yeah, that yeah, one. 10 I did that, two times 10. <laughs> that's good. Don't ask me four times 10. That's good. Um, and we're seeing, because handle is good, and we've been able to be, show some success with doing things um, like this and these programs. So our out-of-state handle has been very strong. And last year, since we were able to get a lot of fans through here that we kind of didn't expect we might be able to, uh, it's added to the benefit of having more purse money for next year. So we're, we're excited about that. Always sounds good. That, that uh, people take notice of that, as we know for sure, horsemen out of state. And, and you're working on the stake schedule for next year. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to have just a little bit more money available in stakes as uh, preliminary discussions have uh, outlined. Yeah, it's not finalized. You know, we could just talk about it now. <laughs> yeah, you're the boss, hey, This man. is a great thing because if we talk about it now. Yeah, and, and you'll this have podcast, to make it happen. But this podcast will be available later today. Later today, right? Yeah. Now, nobody else knows this. So if I talk about it now and rumors get spread, that means they're listening to the podcast. There you go. Hey, right. Okay. So we can we can throw something out there and let's see. Throw it out. You're let's the we. You're the let's we. Let's see. Which... Well, we have this is still being reviewed, but one of the we believe it's gonna be mile day on um August twenty first. Okay. It's not totally final yet, but that's the date we're kind of zooming Which would in be, on. What a week later than we've been running it? Yeah, I, I believe so. We've been in that we've been kind of in between those two weekends. So we're looking at the 21st and we're looking at, we've had days where we've had, the, the staff is always with a mile. And then we tried in 2019, we had the Derby and Oaks and the distaff and the mile. And we had four stakes races and we've done some days with four stakes races yeah. here. And other we, mile days, we've had a couple of overnight stakes yeah. on with the distaff and mile. And it's been very well received when we have these multiple stakes race days from betting handle and the public and everything else. So we are looking at this year having six stakes races Ooh. on mile day and raising up the purse of the Derby and Oaks to 75,000 and the mile will be 150. It was a hundred last year. And then also running the distaff and a couple of two-year-old races, stakes races that day. So we're looking to have- I like it. We've seen some of these other tracks put these super days together and you can have an all stakes pick five and pick six and pick four and all those kinds of things. So if that rumor gets out now, <laughs> now we know why because- very few people. Oh, when the track know president says it into a microphone, I mean, that's, guy, more than, that's more than just a rumor. He's been it's around a rumor. the block, so it's he knows rumor. what he's doing right here, which is all oh, those are. I love to hear all those figures, Phil. That really sounds good. That is Washington racing on an upswing. Yes, right. there'll be a lot of interviews that day, Joe. So yeah. Okay. A lot well, of stakes, I'll, press kits, and oh all yeah, kinds of stuff. You, and, yeah. yeah, and let me tell you. 
folks, I, I have to say these guys, everybody, anybody probably listening to this podcast knows this because of the folks that generally listen to programs like this are folks that are very interested in Emerald Downs and horse racing. But if you're a casual fan just tuning in, nobody, I mean, I look at every other racetrack and I see the materials they put out and the statistics they put out. And if you read Vince's news and notes on the website, mm. detailed every single day, if you listen to Joe's pre-race show every single day, and if you look at all the statistics, and I know we have other folks, Gary, I know, has got this database of of stats on every trainer and jockey and owner. And we have information that uh, sometimes other tracks don't even have about their own folks. That so is correct. Yeah. We, 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 we really do. do a great job, and you guys do a great job of the the sport of horse racing. Yeah, we have a lot of fun promotions, and we have family events here and all that stuff. But when it comes to the core sport and covering the sport, you guys, there's, there's no other track that can compete with what we do here at Emerald Downs. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, it's a yeah I know thanks, it's a labor Phil. of love for me and Joe to you know, uh, compile uh, we, that stuff. We got on top of it the first year. And yeah, Gary has been a contributor to that because he's kept his files and Vince just jumped right in. J Vince certainly embraces it. As you mentioned, the news and notes are just so comprehensive. You cannot miss those if you work here or you're any kind of a publicist involved with Emerald Downs. You've got to get your eyes on that every week. And um, and we've had a couple conversations this week and they just kind of go on to other new stat areas that, you know, we yeah. trade information. Joe and, and I love statistics and it, 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 this sport really lends itself toward yes. that, you know, whether it's the handicapping or trainer or jockey numbers or horse pedigrees and all that. We are a very numbers oriented sport. You have Vince. I have one task for you, though. If OK, you can, if you can pull this off, right. Of all the jobs and things and challenges that you've had, this is, might be the top one. You have to somehow figure out a way to get Joe on Twitter. You got to do you it. You know, I think he actually has an account. You, you have so, to do it. People want you to that. tweet. Yes, it is. If you look at the racing industry. It or, is good because so anything people, that happens in the racing industry, you know instantly. So yeah. People yeah. get in trouble doing that. Well, we don't want you to post anything that would get you in trouble, Joe. Yeah. But hey, you know it's not uh, going to happen. Is thanks uh, for the nice maybe. words. I'm going to work on it. Yeah, he is. That's, I told you that was a big challenge. But Phil's been here <laughs> since uh, 2014, so yeah, he's uh, he's seen what we like to do, and and uh, this is just great news for 2022. The dates, the uh, incentives for horsemen, local and visitors. The stakes schedule, uh, enhanced, uh, it's all great stuff. And that is a nice addition to our podcast right there, Vince. No, I think it's outstanding, um, the list of stuff uh, for horsemen, uh, the backbone of our industry. We all know it's it's a combined effort at a racetrack between the front side and the back side to put on a, a competitive and uh, interesting show that uh, allows the horsemen to make money and the fans to have interesting stuff to wager on. So anything in that regard where we can up numbers yep. is paramount. It's yeah. great. So yeah. it's outstanding an, news. It's an amazing sport and, and with the different angles because right. people, they say this to me all the time. You know, well, you know, you need the owners. You need the horse owners. You can't do it without them. Yeah, mm. it's true, right? Course, and yeah. trainers will say, well, you can't do it without us. And that's true. You can't, right? Yeah. And you just look around to folks here in the office and the people that run food and beverage, cook the food, can't do it without them, right? Yeah. 
See, that's also true. And you can't do it without our wonderful partners at the state who regulate and help us. Without and, the breeders. And, and the breeders, the people that breed the horses at yeah. all the farms and all the grooms and every single person. Yeah. And then the other group, again, is the fans, the folks that come, not just the folks that come here, because you have now the folks that come here. And you have the folks that are betting online from home. You have the folks that bet on us from all over the country, even down in Australia. They're sitting and betting on Emerald Downs when the timing works out. Well, they so, should. We bet on them. You bet. <laughs> we bet on them. Absolutely. So you have all these folks and you can see every single one of them is critical to the success of horse racing. That's right. You know? It is. Horse racing is the absolute team effort of all team efforts. You got and all jockeys. I don't want to forget the jockeys. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's we had it. a great jockey race this year. Great yeah. trainer sure race. Sure did. Yeah. Alex Cruz edging yeah. Julian Couton by one. But no, the point well taken. It takes everybody to put on a show. And that's one of the things I love about it. All the layers involved yeah. in racing. Layers involved in 2022. Fantastic optimism around the corner and before we let bill go you guys got to talk crack and hockey a little bit right yeah, now you know people always people yeah. ask us what do you do in the off season yeah. and i say well you know we're open here we're preparing we do our budgets we prepare we have work to do right and we're open for simulcasting so we're yep. we have some parties normally a lot of christmas parties not so much this year but there's a lot of stuff going on here usually this year it's a little bit quieter so we've had a little bit more free time perhaps and yeah, Vince and I are both hockey fans, so we've been yeah. to uh, we went to a game, just not a very good one. <laughs> no, I think I've been to three already. You know, it's funny though. I I like will listen to Montreal radio a lot because I'm a Montreal fan, and I'll read all the big hockey writers and all that. And one thing, this is a pet peeve of mine. They get into narratives, right? And this narrative is already out there that Seattle's a flop, team wise. And I'm not buying it at all. I've seen them play. And you know what the problem is? Their goaltending was terrible for the first 20 games. Yeah. And that'll make any team look terrible. They're an expansion team. They're an expansion team. But they've been very competitive. They've got a pretty deep group of forwards, no superstars. they got six decent defensemen. Grubauer, their highest paid player, has been abysmal in goal. Now he's suddenly turning it around in the last week. They beat the Capitals, they beat the Hurricanes, they beat the Panthers. The hmm. three best teams, supposedly, in the Eastern Conference. They're not a bad team. I know. Seattle Kraken. But and the narrative is already out there that, well, it's sure not another Vegas. They flopped. They blew the expansion draft. All the stuff. It's a long season. The point is, it's way too early to draw any conclusions about the team. And for folks that think Vince knows horse racing and love talk horse, try talking hockey with him. He uh, is I, the hockey to get... expert around here for sure. Well, yeah. Yeah, we, well, Phil's an Islanders fan. I'm a Canadians fan. Both of our teams made, what, the final four last year? And both are not. And both are off to abysmal starts. <laughs> yeah, Because they know. had to play into July. Last, and I'm not going to make any excuse to the Canadians. It's not a good sign when a team fires a general manager. The Canadians already did that this week. Right. So, wow. um both teams are pretty buried right now. So, yeah. uh, but it's nice to have the Kraken in town. It's fun. It's fun to be able to go to the games and, and enjoy the brand new arena. And let's not even forget that we, our local team here, the Thunderbirds are playing at the Shore Center. Fans can go there again. I haven't yeah. been to a game yet, but I want to go to a game or two there. And there's a team up in Everett. So this is becoming a real hockey town and adding to the sports. The Seahawks aren't very good. So there's a little bit more attention maybe towards the Kraken and hockey and some of the things going on. I, I stopped by the their facility up at Northgate. Yeah, um, it's, it's first rate. It is just amazing. They got that bar and grill. We're going to have to go have the yeah. lunch there yeah. one day. And, and they got but, uh, and the Climate Pledge Arena is uh, 
the lower level is amazing what they've done there where it's all open. Like yeah. it's kind of like walking into a baseball stadium where you can just, you know, there's, there's no walls up behind the seating or whatever. So you can kind of see the game from wherever hmm. you're walking around there and the, the gift shop and all the accoutrements they have there, it's kind of sunken into the ground. It's uh, so if you walk into the arena, you're already at the highest level of the you're already in the upper level right so, yeah i didn't even realize the first time if you, you got go seats down. in the balcony you don't have to go anywhere except straight into your right. seats and the main concourse being downstairs you know to yeah, take you gotta this, take escalators down to take this full circle back around this is what we hear from folks that obviously emerald downs is a little bit older a facility but we hear a lot of the same comments about the openness of the facility and the yeah. sight lines and of course we have it, we're rare in horse racing because we are an outdoor sport that's viewed from a lot of folks who are indoors, right? Or yeah. you could be outdoors. You yeah. have your choice of experience. And we hear that from folks about the great sight lines and the great views. And wherever you are at the racetrack, you have a great view of what's going on with our big screen. And they have a big mm -hmm. screen. So the, you know, horse racing never was kind of like that. It's kind of caught up. And you see these big screens at all these racetracks now. And more interactive things going on in between races, which you, again, you'll see at other sports too. And I think that's a big step for horse racing. Horse racing needed to do more of that. We've been doing yeah. that here for a long time, but you're seeing more and more tracks adding this, you know, you go to a hockey game, every time there's a timeout or a TV timeout or a breakage in action or in between periods, there's something going on. Yeah. You look up at the big screen, they're doing promotions, they're doing contests. It's nonstop entertainment. And here at the racetrack, you have a race and then you have 28 minutes in between races. You talk about the next race, Joe previews it. We do things when horses yeah. come on the track, they look at them. And then there's this other time that we fill in with different fun promotions and things to do and great food. So a lot more in common where I believe horse racing has kind of caught up a little bit. Some of the other sports and the way they do yeah, things. You never saw a big screen at yeah. a racetrack. No. I don't know how many years ago. Now, you hard-pressed oh. to find a racetrack without one. Yeah. yeah, and it's just a great, great addition to really, uh, and it's so clear and crisp to look at it out there. You and, can see that thing great from the park area yeah. across the gap. Uh, it's very visible from out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no. we do have a wonderful facility here for someone who's been to, all of us have been to a lot of racetracks around the country. I'll stack up our cleanliness and, uh, sure. and just experience with anybody. And, um, you know, that includes the big tracks. Yeah, it's, no, we're this is a great this is a great overall sports town and we're part of it and the facilities are first class. Great food. I think that's another consistency wherever you go to any of these games and arenas. And, and reasonably priced relative. Here, that's to, here. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, boy, we talk about Climate Pledge Arena. That's a little bit of sticker shock for <laughs> kind of an old timer like me. Just looking at some of those prices. That's right. You know, so, uh, but no, that's, it's uh, great stuff, Phil. And yeah, uh, the Paddock Grill was open here last year and it, I'm certain, certainly it will be in well, 2022. Well, you have to, you have to right smell there. the food every day. I was glad to see day. the Paddock Grill open. I again. know, you were lonely the year Joe before. can trace the history maybe better than us to where Ron Crockett kind of laid the foundation here for the cleanliness thing. And Definitely. just making it, Him you know, and Jack, uh, just, uh, they're both that way in their yeah. personal lives and, and uh they made sure we had staff to keep this place and uh, you still get that from people that right when they talk about how clean your restrooms are 
that's all you need to hear right there because you know the rest of the place is going to be clean too. Yeah, and, and it extends to the stable area. Yes, the stable area is cleaner than any other stable area in the the country, I would venture to say. Pretty confidently. It's in great shape. And you're talking about a place that's 20, going on the 27th season here. And in a lot of areas, it still looks brand new. And of course, our fifth floor is was remodeled about, but even that's what, five Five years years ago now. And it still looks like it's totally brand new. It's. I believe, and I've been to a lot of racetracks, I think it's one of the nicest clubhouses slash simulcast areas. Mm -hmm. And if you go grab some food and either watch the races or come here for simulcasting, it's one of the nicest in the country. No, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Proud of it. Yeah. 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 Always proud of it. Very nice. So... Anyway, guys, um, enjoy the rest of your off-season. We're we're busy at work here, and we'll continue planning. I know with you guys and the rest of our marketing team, we'll be going through all the promotions and scheduling stuff and bringing the Corgi races back. Oh, here's another scoop. I think we're going to do this. We're finally going to bring the T-Rex race back. You know, All right. We we wanted to do that in 2020 and 2021, and we couldn't. And the the video oh, that went gosh. viral. Yeah, give us the numbers on that again. That's astounding. The last I looked, it just got posted again. The T Rex race. Some site posted again and had another hundred and fifty thousand wow. views and tons of comments and things like that. The last I checked and did the quick arithmetic, the the original post that we had on our Facebook page, right? And you got to go back, if you're looking for it, you have to go back to June of 2019, 2019. to find it, right? And if you go back to the post, you'll see that there are over 30 million views of wow. that post, right? That's just our post. If you take all the other posts from all these other big everybody cbs so nbc they, one, everybody did it one of every 10 people in the u.s has seen it over 100 million views total of that video and worldwide it went yeah, worldwide it, 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 for a week i was doing nothing but accepting yes requests i got some people. of those too from japan yes and, and that korea to... can we use the thing yes yes, yes. And and there were people saying they wanted to fly in from other countries to come participate in the race the next time we had it, which is hopefully going to be in 2022 that we'll have it again. And I don't know if we can top it, but um, and TriGuard Pest Control, those are the guys in the costumes. Give them a shout out for um, coming up with that idea and doing it. And it was absolutely amazing. And then, of course, we had the Corgi races this past year that wound up on ESPN and that had... A ton of views and Twitter blew they up. They replayed it about three it. times. They, they replayed it. And awesome. then when they played it on the main network on a Saturday afternoon in between soccer and Little League World Series, it was James Corbin on the Late Late Show did a whole two-minute comedy bit on it. It was so funny. Um, no, so we've I mean, had some pretty amazing. <laughs> well, it originally <laughs> aired the, the Corgi races on ESPN2 on yes. a day with all those half-hour segments. The of, of the Ocho. ESPN the Ocho. Off-kilter sports, whatever word you want to use. But the Corgi race show was replayed several times. Yes. Well, those others weren't. They picked that one to replay. Yes, on the main network, on yeah. ESPN well, on a Saturday afternoon. production quality was great. It was great. Wes Petrie and, and Cy, unbelievable job putting that thing together. They worked a lot of hours. Claire Anderson, the host. And Tom Harris calling the races. And it yeah. was a great production. No. A lot of well, fun. Our goal for 2022, Joe, is to have a Long Acres Mile that eclipses 
all those views right there. That yeah, thirty million. We've we'll had, be working on that. We've had yeah, some good ones. Yes. Yeah. Great mile last year with background winning. By the way, that Bob was fun. Rondo's it was. That was a highlight with Rondo. Bob Rondo. Yeah. That got. A, and you talk about Rocco publicity Bowen coming back. Yeah, that got yeah. a lot of press also with with uh, Bob Rondo, oh, yeah. who is a legend really sure. in in this town you bet in this whole state really he's an icon yeah he is. and then Rocco's emotional victory and uh, it was great it was great theater a great race and yep. a lot of really exciting fantastic race okay Phil thanks for joining us we'll uh, uh, be seeing you and uh, we'll take a short time out thanks to Phil Ziegler our track president for the good news on 2022. And we'll be back with our final segment on Horse Racing Northwest in a moment. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, our final segment here in our early December podcast. We'll be back. Uh, we're planning on Christmas week, Christmas on a Saturday, so sometime uh, earlier that week to finish out 2021. Joe Withy and Vince Brune here. Thanks to Phil Ziegler once again for joining us. Good news for 2022. And... Uh, Possibly another returning star of 2022 could be the Emerald Downs Racing Club. Vince, what about it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, last year we didn't have it because uh, the time we usually start up is when the horses come in, which was February. We were still uncertain because of COVID, yeah. but uh, yeah, it looks pretty promising for 2022. So stay tuned. Maybe by the next podcast or at emeralddowns.com, we'll have something definitive on that here in the next few weeks. But yep, yeah, we plan on having Emerald Racing Club back for 2022. Great way to start your horse ownership career is in the Emerald Downs Racing Club as so many people have graduated from that and gone on to uh, bigger and better things. And uh, those type of things are picking up nationally as well, uh, racing club type ownership. So good to hear that. Uh, hey, we can do a little art traditional back and forth segment for some things of information we talked about blazing bella blue she has five wins overall for 2021 and that's tied for most among washington breads also with five calendar year wins are avalon king and judicial judicial won four four races here at emerald downs and uh she was going for claimer of the meeting She's back in training, I see, right now for trainer Joe Toy down at Turf Paradise. Vince? Okay, yeah. Um, one horse we haven't mentioned, uh, Midnight Mojo, won our yes. Gotstein Futurity here. Uh, uh, was that on closing day? Yeah, uh, George Todaro, Tom Wenzel. Yeah, that horse is in action. Saturday in the $75,000 Gold Rush Stakes at Golden Gate. 20 to 1 on the morning line. If anyone wants to take a flyer on a Gottstein champion, that will be over the synthetic track. I believe it's one mile. So good luck to Midnight Mojo. Yep. He is a two-turn runner. He proved that in the Gottstein. 
so in action this weekend at Golden Gate. Frank Lucarelli is running horses at uh, Turf Paradise and Remington Park in Oklahoma. And it's having some success there. And Frank, a seven-time leading trainer at Emerald Downs. He is number one all-time in wins at this track, 1,093 in earnings for trainers, over $12 million, and he is second in two-year-old stakes. He's just two stakes wins behind Doris Harwood, 27 to 25, for top two-year-old stakes winning trainer in track history. Good luck to Frank as well, singling him out because he's number one in a few categories, Vince. Yeah, uh, another, uh, we mentioned uh, Alex Cruz, our two-time defending riding champion. Of mm. course, you've got the top riding achievement with that Amazing victory on Akasi, where That's he right. lost the irons at the start of the race. He's doing pretty good down in Phoenix. He's uh, 12 for 70 in third place in the early going down there at Turf Paradise. And Jeff Metz, what is it, a three-time Emerald Down training champion? Yeah, three in a row. He's off to a pretty decent start down there, too. He's seven for 30. Jeff has horses also in Southern California, but he's tied for fourth in the early trainer standings. Robertino Diodoro. Uh, looks like he's going to win that going away if he keeps this up. He's 16 for his first 27 in Phoenix. That Diodoro is, Barn yeah. is uh, blazing down there. Uh, Joe? Jeff Metz, uh, our leading trainer here in 2013, 14, and 15. How about Marshall Allen, who has been a trainer on his own? He's been assistant many times, currently... Uh, or at least in 2021, assistant for Chris Stensley this year, the past couple. Marshall Allen is a nominee for the White Horse Award. It's put on by the National Chaplaincy uh, Organization, National Racetrack Chaplaincy. And in May, Marshall Allen really helped save a life. Jim Folks, a longtime owner and breeder in this state, uh, he had a heart attack in the stable area he was walking back to the robbie bays barn and right in the stensley barn area he collapsed marshall allen was there chris stensley was there clark jones was there marshall immediately attended jim folks knowing cpr gave him chest compressions jim was going in and out of consciousness he was going to stay out of consciousness Unless Marshall was there, Clark Jones sped up to the race office to get our EMTs. Chris Stensley called 911, uh, and Jim Folks's life was saved. Marshall Allen is a nominee for the White Horse Award, and uh, as you can tell by that story, a very deserving nominee. That'll be announced after the first of the year, the winner of that. So Marshall, great work, and Jim Folks. Uh, uh, certainly very, very appreciative, Vince. That's a great story, Joe. Um, you know, it's already been five years since Russell Bays retired. Can you believe that? No. Uh, you know, he retired. 14,000 wins. I think it was 12,842. Oh, but that's <laughs> who's counting? I, I mean, oh it's just any way you add it up, it's a staggering amount, staggering. you know. Um, and the reason I bring that up, because uh, yesterday was the 15th anniversary of Russell uh, breaking Lafitte. Pinkai's all-time mm. record. He had victory. Russell got victory number 9,531 at Bay Meadows, but it came aboard a Washington bread. Yep. So that was kind of uh, fitting for Russell Bays, who part of that Northwest great uh, heritage in the Bays family. It was aboard Butterfly Bell. Um, she won race four at Bay Meadows. Butterfly Bell by Wavering Monarch out of Miss Kiyama, brokered main at Emerald Downs earlier that year. So uh, 
Russell Bays, uh, this 15th anniversary of him breaking Lafitte Pinkai's all-time record, and he did it on a Wabred, number 9,531 on uh, December 1st, 2006. That's great. Uh, Russell, of course, in the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame and uh, recognized nationally as well. Uh, I was just doing some research looking for a trivia question. I'm not going to use this for a trivia question because it'd be a little tough unless you gave a good hint. Um, Gottstein Futurity winners, they go back to 1940 in this state. It was called the Washington Futurity then. And, of course, we've had one every year except for the World War II year of 1943. So there's been a lot of Gottstein winners. What horse that won the Gottstein has the most wins for a two-year-old season. Gottstein winners with the most wins. There's a whole bunch with six, including Name for Norm. He won four races at Emerald Downs, a couple at Hastings back in 1996. Staff Rider the last year at Long Acres was six for seven. Coco's Pal, incredible two-year-old in 1972 at Long Acres. But only one has won seven, and that is Smoggy Dew who was forced to run against the boys, forced to run against older horses because he, she just dominated her division so much. She won seven races as a two-year-old filly back in 1963. And, of course, the next year she beat George Royal in the Long Acres Derby. Uh, and George Royal has fame because he won the uh, final race in John Longdon's career. San Juan Capistrano yeah. in 1966, yeah. one of the along with Seabiscuit winning the 1940 Big Cap and Zenyatta, the 2009 Breeders' Cup Classic, one of the three greatest moments in San Diego mm. history. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't have much more. Okay. As, uh, uh, Phil already mentioned, I was just going to say, look for the stake schedule to be coming out here yep. pretty soon. We'll have that up at emeralddowns.com. And as Phil mentioned, uh, sounds like the mile is going to be 150000 That's great. Next you know, year, Let's Jill. get it back up. Uh, stakes field size was still pretty good this year at Emerald Downs, and it's going to even be better with uh, higher purses for 2022 in those stakes races. So outstanding. Uh, let's end it with a trivia question, and you can send in your replies to trivia at emeralddowns.com. I've got a couple things going out this week for prizes. Which Emerald Downs trainer has the most two-year-old wins? Okay, so most two-year-old wins for a trainer in Emerald Downs history, 1996 to 2021. Add up all your wins with two-year-olds. Who's got the most? Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Are Russ and CJ eligible? Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Russ Nakagawa, CJ Koenig, two of our You know, this isn't one of those stats Wars where you can trivia. just go to uh, Google and find the answer. No, that's right, yeah. So, um Vince, I think you've got it in our media guide, which you've got so much great stuff there. But uh, So we'll have another podcast Christmas week. Thank you so much for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. Joe with the Vince Brune, Sila Bar, our producer, editor. And uh, have a very happy holiday season and Merry Christmas to all. See you down the road. Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>